DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examined Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Daily Prayer of Discernment, the Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. The Examine Prayer, uh, such an important encounter with God at a certain point in our day, isn't it? Well, as we've been saying, it makes all the difference. Um, like prayer in general, if we're faithful to it and stay at it day after day, each kind of prayer builds something rich and important in, into our relationship with God. The difference between Mass being a part of our spiritual life or the rosary or time with scripture. And the examined prayer in its own particular way builds into our spiritual life a growing awareness of where God is in the course of the day. And that actually leads us right to the third step in the examine, which is the step that uh, we'll be speaking about today and which we'll call review. The first step being gratitude. So very concretely, it's... um, some point in the day, perhaps a quiet time after supper, and I prepare to pray my examine for 8, 10, 12 minutes. And I begin by being aware of the presence of the Lord with me and the love that is there in the Lord's heart for me. And then, as we've said in earlier conversations, I very concretely look through the day to see the concrete ways in which God has shown his love for me. And as we do that day after day, the list just gets longer and longer. Having done that, when that feels complete, I move into the second step of the examine, which is petition. As I'm preparing now to review the spiritual experience of the day in general, I ask for God's help. I ask for the light of the Holy Spirit um, to be able to see and to understand spiritual realities with a grace and an insight that are more than human. So that's the second step that we talked about last time. And that, too, is really important because it's the difference between introspection between examination time, report card time, between Benjamin Franklin trying his best to become a better man, but on his own. It's the difference between an individual trying to grow and a relationship, two persons, the human and the divine, who meet in what it, in prayer, which is, as we've said, most deeply a relationship, and in which, uh, happily, the human person can depend totally on the divine person. And that's why Jesus tells us, ask and you will receive Paul says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. So then I would turn gently to that second step of petition and ask the Lord to help me to pray with insight now as I prepare to review the spiritual experience of the day. So maybe a few minutes into the examined prayer, I'm ready now to move into the third step. And this addresses the fact that if you and I were to, I don't know, let's get a, uh, say, get a pen and um, a notebook, and just try to describe all that has happened, let's say even thus far in this day, Mm -hmm. um, or yesterday. And maybe I have 
five hours, maybe I have 10, 12 hours to review, and I were to try to just write down everything that I've said, everything that I've done, everything that I've experienced, everything that I've thought over the course of the hours, we'd all give up pretty soon, <laughs> which, right. which is a way of saying that there is an enormous amount of experience that is every part of every day in our lives. And spiritually, the question that the third step of the examine asks is, where was God in all of that? Where was temptation if it was there in all of that? How aware was I spiritually of all that was going on in the hours and activities and thoughts and words, actions of this day thus far? How did I respond to where God was calling me in the course of it? Was I able to resist temptation if it was there in the course of the day? Or, or choices that maybe in small ways, but in ways that matter, would lead me further away from where the Lord wants me? Did I see the invitations from the Lord toward him, and how did I respond to those? So I think it's enough to say that, to already get a sense of, again, the difference between living a spiritual life without this kind of awareness and the impact and the power that this can have when daily we are actually trying to review this sort of experience. And that's what we do in the third step of the examine. Now, we've called this series um, a daily prayer of discernment, and then we're really thinking of the third step of the examine above all when we call it that, because this is the point in the third step of the examine where discernment of spirits and the examine intersect. And we couldn't possibly, in this set of conversations, review everything that we said, and I think about 10 or more conversations about Ignatian discernment of spirits. So I would warmly invite anyone who really wants to grow uh, deeply in the examine to consider trying to learn more about St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 rules for the discernment of spirits. Very practical, very concrete, and enormously helpful material about getting more familiar with the ups and downs that go on in the daily spiritual life, understanding them more, so that we know then how to respond to them in the way that um, that God wants. But I think what we could do here is maybe with the help of just two very concrete examples, introduce a little bit of what we mean by discernment of spirits. And we're speaking most concretely about spiritual consolation, as Ignatius calls it, when our hearts are joyful in the Lord, hope-filled, happy, energized in God, we feel his closeness and delight in the Lord, and the times of spiritual desolation when God seems far away, when we really find it hard to even want to pray, when the energy for spiritual growth declines and we struggle. And these kinds of ups and downs are a part of a normal spiritual life. We all go through them. And the third step of the examine invites us to take a look at these in the course of our day. Well, I'll quote a few lines from a book called My Road to Certainty. This was written by a man named William Kernan in 1953, and he is a convert to Catholicism and is describing at this point when he is leaving home on the train heading from California, heading east toward college. So it's an important time in his life, obviously. And he describes looking out the train window uh, still in California, and just seeing the familiar countryside with the trees and the orange groves and the late afternoon sun, the houses here and there, the mountains ahead of him on the horizon, and feeling as he's leaving this how dear all of this is to him, how much all of this means to him, and how much it symbolizes for him his native California and his native country, America. And then he writes this, he says, An upsurge of gratitude swept through me and warmed my heart, and I thank God for his providence and goodness, 
which had kept me safe all the days of my life, and which I was sure would keep me safe forever. I could go on thinking of tomorrow in terms of today. Something would always be the same in every tomorrow as he's going off to college. Something would be certain, and that is God. Now, that's the kind of experience that St. Ignatius has in mind when he speaks of spiritual consolation, and I always approach these with a great reverence for um, God's working of grace in the daily experience of a spiritual life. And you can sense this as he looks out at these familiar landscapes, which mean so much to him at this point of transition in his life. He says, an upsurge of gratitude swept through me and warmed my heart. Something happy wells up in his heart. And he says, I thank God for his providence. And then he describes the surety that God's going to be with him tomorrow and the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow always. Mm -hmm. So you can sense in that gift of grace how... Uh, very gently and warmly, God strengthens him for the task that lies ahead for him. We, we've all had these experiences. As I begin a day with perhaps some heaviness in my heart because of a task that lies ahead or a medical report I'm waiting for or family issues that I'm going to face, and maybe I have my 10 minutes of prayer each morning or I go to daily mass or I say my rosary on the way to work as best I'm able, and my heart warms with the sense that I'm not alone that you, Lord, will be with me. These kinds of experiences, happy experiences in the the Lord, are what St. Ignatius means by spiritual consolation. And the second text that I'll quote is from the story of a soul of St. Therese of the Child Jesus. She's describing the, the road that led to her vocation as a Carmelite sister and a difficult three day period in the course of that. Culturally, she needed the permission of her uncle as well as her father, in order to pursue that vocation. And her uncle did not seem very open to that possibility at this particular point. So after a conversation with him in which he's expressed his resistance to that, things get very dark for Therese. And she says, this goes on for three days. I was alone in a desert waste. My soul was like a fragile skiff, tossing without a pilot in a stormy sea. I knew that Jesus was there, asleep in my boat, But the night was too dark for me to see him. All was darkness. I felt myself abandoned, and there was no help for me on earth or in heaven. I felt that God had abandoned me. Now, all of this changes a little bit later, but if we may, again, with reverence, just focus on that experience uh, just briefly. That is the kind of experience that Ignatius calls spiritual desolation. That sense of being abandoned, that sense of being alone that sense of darkness, the sense of being a fragile boat tossed on stormy seas, which we experience in so many ways in our lives, again, for reasons of health or family or finances or just struggles in prayer, struggles in our life of faith or relationship with God. Said again very reverently, these kinds of experiences are common to us all. I'm sure that every one of us, as I described Therese's experience, can identify moments in our own lives and perhaps not in the distant past either, when we have experienced things of this kind. So these are the kinds of experiences that St. Ignatius is inviting us to review in the third step of the examine, which we're calling precisely review. And that's why we speak of this as a daily prayer of discernment when we review the ups and downs in the spiritual life. Now, probably the the simplest way to do this would be... um, just to share a few personal examples, if um, if that would be all right. Oh, that'd be uh, great. Just a way to, it's 
the easiest kind of experience for me to share because there's no problems of confidentiality here. And even mm-hmm. so, what I'll do in sharing these, um, I'm going to change a few external details uh, just so that the experience re- does remain, even though it's my own, remains anonymous. And um, But I will give very accurately the, um, the experience itself. And uh, as I said last time, I, uh, I, I am willing to share such experiences because they're so ordinary. They're so simple. They're so day-to-day. They're the kinds of things that in our respective vocations all of us experience uh, a number of times in the day. The first of these deals with um, meeting one of my fellow priests shortly before I finished 10 years as being provincial in my community. The, the provincial has the responsibility for the life of the religious community within a geographical territory for us, the United States. And so that means decisions about personnel and finances and administration and the different works that we'll do or not do, any new churches that we'll accept, and, and that kind of thing. As uh, I met this particular priest, uh, shortly before finishing, we had a brief conversation in the course of which he referred to one decision that I had made, uh, a fairly significant decision which would impact the future of the uh, community and into which I had put uh, a lot of thought and time and, and research and can say very sincerely that uh, I had done my sincere best to make the best decision I could. And um, simply let me know that he did not consider that that was the best decision that could have been made in that particular choice. And it was a very simple conversation, um, no particular tension in it. But I came away from that with a sense of something unresolved and something left open. Then I finished my term as provincial. I was went on to my next assignment, and that priest also went geographically at some distance to his assignment. And in the give and take of things, about two years went by that we hadn't seen each other. Now, in my community at that time, everything is now electronic and digital, but at that time, we still um, had a monthly bulletin that would arrive in the mail from our uh, general house in Rome. And amongst other things in the news and updates of what's going on around the world in the community, there was always at the end of it a list of the members of the community who had significant dates in that month, birthdays or anniversaries of ordination or profession of vows. And reviewing those one particular month, I noticed that this priest had one of those special birthdays, one of those with a zero in it. And um, and so uh, after a little bit of thought, I decided to send him an email of congratulations and just noting his birthday and wishing him well, and uh, did so. Just a brief email, probably just uh, a couple of sentences. Following day, when I went to check email, there was a response from this priest. It was also succinct, probably just a couple sentences, but it was very warm and expressed appreciation for the message that I had sent the day before. Now, reading that message, you you know it only takes a few seconds to read um, an email, and it's one email of many, and then then phone calls and meetings and business uh, of the day goes on. But as I read that email, something in my heart warmed a bit because... I knew that both of us knew that in that exchange of simple emails, something had been communicated. It was the conclusion of what had been left open in that Mm -hmm. last conversation two years earlier. And we both knew that the next time we actually would meet, things would be different, that something would be closer and warmer. 
Then, as I say, the busyness of the day uh, enveloped everything again. Later that day, I had my time for the examine. And when I got to the third step of the examine, just reviewing the spiritual experience of the day, I found myself remembering what was just a brief moment that otherwise was sort of lost in the shuffle of the day, and uh, remembering it with some gratitude. So you can you can sense there the first step of the examine, you know, just remembering a gift from the Lord in the course of the day. But noting the uplift of heart in that, the consolation in that, the sense of warmth, the gentle sense of um, of goodness and strengthening in that, and my heart warming in the Lord in my relationship with my fellow priest. Well, what I'm describing there is a very simple but rich experience of spiritual consolation. And as I thought about it, the, the thought came to me, well, you know, if this worked and made a difference in your relationship with one of your fellow priests, there might be others who would appreciate nothing more than a, a, even a simple email in different parts of the world where they're working uh, as a remembrance on their days of um, ordination anniversary or profession or birthday. And so I decided that I would... Um, get some scissors and cut that little list out of the monthly bulletin and leave it by my desk and um, and began doing that. And on the days that were significant, where I know, knew that one or another would appreciate it, um, I, I actually did this, would be sending them emails. And some very nice things came out of that as well. Now, if I go back to that very simple experience of examine, what if I hadn't prayed the examine that day? That moment would have been lost. It would have been a nice moment but it would have simply been submerged in the thousand things happening in that day. And a small channel of grace, but you know how these things are in relationships, small things, first steps lead to second steps and third steps and so on, would have never opened. When when I see things like that happen as I pray the examine, I begin to understand why St. Ignatius invites us to review experiences of spiritual consolation because the Lord is working in those. The Lord is certainly giving a gift which strengthens us, but he is also opening up a path, pointing out ways of grace. And let's just dream for a moment of a person whose eyes are spiritually open to notice these day after day in life. What's going to happen in a marriage, in family relationships, in the workplace, in our relationships with others in the church, in our life of prayer, and relationship with the Lord, our vocations? That's just one of the um, of the many gifts that Ignatius is inviting us to seek through the daily prayer of the examine. It is such a, a wonderful gift when we're able to reflect on those moments of consolation that's connected to gratitude as well, isn't it? That experience in which we engaged in the very beginning of the prayer. Yes, and what what will happen is that as we pray the steps of the examine, they're going to flow one into the other. And um, we have great freedom in that. You know, I think you could easily see, for example, praying in the first step of the examine in gratitude for that gift of that exchange of emails and very easily finding myself without any conscious, all right, let me move into step three, I'm already there in a way realizing I could do this again. This is opening up a path. Actually, that leads us already into the fifth step of the examine, which is steps for the future, which we'll talk about later. So yes, the steps of the examine in practice when we pray them are going to mingle and flow together in grace-filled ways, and we absolutely have the freedom to do that. But I think the presupposition of that is to understand each of the five well. And that's why I think it's important to do what we're doing now, to go through each 
in its own specific nature. Well, Father Gallagher, could I ask about St. Therese's experience of desolation? Mm-hmm. As you said, we often experience that ourselves. I mean, uh, as you've been so generous in sharing your own experience, I mean, I too have had those where even I wake up in the night and I'm concerned about things and it affects my whole day and then I have to take that to prayer and that comes back up again. What do we do in those instances when it's desolation, when it's something heavy? Well, that's that's just the right question because um, now we need to look at the other side of this um, experiences of spiritual desolation. And why don't I do that in the same way? I'll just share another very simple and I'd say very ordinary experience of spiritual desolation in daily life and uh, why why it seems useful to look at these. This was a, a weekend retreat that I was giving in a large city in our country and with a group uh, with which I had been working for, well, I don't know, maybe four or five years at that point. We'd had a retreat uh, yearly and they'd been very, very nice experiences of grace. And this particular weekend retreat was actually focused on the examine prayer. Um, and I know that I went to that retreat a little uncertain of how this was going to go. At that time, I don't think I had spoken too often um, on the examine prayer. And I was a little unsure of, can you build a whole retreat on one 12 to 15 minute prayer. Well, obviously, um, at this point, my answer is uh, you certainly can. But at that point, it was all newer to me. And I think something else was working in my uncertainty, too. I'd already spoken to this group at least four or five times at this point, and I was beginning to wonder if I really had anything further to say. Maybe they'd already heard my message, really. Um, we began Friday evening, and things were fine on Friday. And then uh, throughout Saturday, things began to get heavier and darker for me. Now, we were in silence uh, throughout the retreat. Obviously, people were coming to speak one-on-one, but as far as um, uh, the day and the hours of the day and meals and the rest of it, uh, this was a silent retreat. And in that silence, you know how you can feel more alone. Um, Things can, can weigh on you. I wasn't getting a lot of feedback because people were faithfully observing the silence. And the sense of heaviness grew by the time we got to the afternoon, supper, and the evening. Very, very intense uh, for me. And I'll never forget the last exercise of prayer that day when we all gathered in the chapel to pray night prayer together. And they did it very beautifully. It probably took 20 minutes to a half hour with various things um, added and some singing and the rest. But it was unbearably heavy for me. Everything in me just wanted to to be done with that and get back to the be alone in my room and away from all of this. And in the course of that heaviness of heart, many thoughts were running through my mind. I was getting more and more convinced that the retreat was a failure, that um, the people didn't like it, that this material really is not suited to a retreat that I was getting more and more convinced that I'd really given everything I already could to this group and I would need to tell the organizers at the end of it that um, nicely, but tell them that this would be the last time that I would work with this group. And retired that evening with all of that in my heart and thoughts. Woke the next morning early, Sunday morning, and so there were a few hours yet before the first time we would gather for the first conference in the morning. And at that point, I knew that I had to address this. I, I couldn't go on like this. Writing helps me. I always have a very small notebook, a journal with me. 
And mm-hmm. I got it out and just began putting on paper what I was experiencing. And as I did that, um, it became clearer to me. I, be, I was able to name it for spiritual desolation, which it certainly was. Um, and I also remembered St. Ignatius Rule 5 from those 14 rules. When, oh. you, when you're in time of spiritual desolation, it is not a time to make any changes. Don't make any decisions. Don't make any changes when you're in spiritual desolation. And I realized that this thought, which was getting stronger in me, that I was going to tell them, this is the last time I'm going to work with this group. I love the group, but I just have no more to give. Um, Suspend that, because you are in no situation right now in spiritual desolation to be making decisions like that. Well, well, I'll I'll just complete um, the, the sequence. That, that helped already. The heaviness was still there, but I was a little more in touch with it. I was a little more aware now of what was going on. Walked down the corridor toward breakfast, and there was the, the woman who was the uh, chief organizer of the team that had prepared this retreat. Of course, she was faithful to the silence, but she gave me a nice warm smile. It sort of stopped me in my tracks because I said, well, if, if she's smiling like that, this can't be the complete disaster <laughs> that, that I think it is. Mm-hmm. And to complete that... Um, the retreat actually had gone very well. When we reviewed the evaluations at the end of it, um, it was clear that a real work of grace had happened there. And by the way, I have returned since to to that group. But let me just say now, essentially what I did that Sunday morning with the help of writing was a third step of the examine, a review of an experience of spiritual desolation. Now, what my same question came to me. What if I had not done that? What if I had believed the lies and the discouragement and the temptations that were floating around in my heart and thoughts in that time of desolation? I would have never returned to that group. A channel of grace would have been closed. And let's multiply that by the various desolations that can kind of pepper our day. And the difference between a spiritual life in which we're in touch with those, we, we're seeing them, we're recognizing them and naming them for the enemy's spiritual desolations that they are and resisting the small turns and sometimes larger turns which would take us away from where God really wants us to be so that they're not harming us. What's going to happen day by day in a spiritual life in which we are growing more and more able to resist, to be aware of and resist spiritual desolation? That's an enormously powerful thing. And, and I'm, I'm deeply grateful, really, to the examine for this, too, because it makes the difference between being what I'd call spiritual tumbleweed, you know, just blown by the winds of spiritual desolation, mm-hmm. and being able to stand our ground, name it, and in the Lord make helpful decisions about it. It ultimately goes down to what you've always taught us, and as, through the teachings of St. Ignatius, to be aware, to understand, and then to take action. That's, ex- that's exactly why we speak of the examine and specifically step three as a daily prayer of discernment, exactly. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, and if you feel us worthy, 
consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher.